Coming up on today's Locked On Senators, Pierre Dorian just addressed the media from Nashville ahead of the NHL draft and announced that DJ Smith and his staff will be back next season. Speaking of people coming and going on the Ottawa Senators, he also talked about which RFAs will be qualified and which ones won't. We'll discuss all that. Plus, it is our final show before the first round of the NHL draft. Our final rankings, who our favorites are and who would we stay away from? That's all coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Senators podcast. It's your team every day. Your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators podcast. Welcome inside episode 829 of the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba, alongside Brandon Pillar up in the Blue Mountains. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NHL for twenty dollars off your first ticket purchase. You can also like and subscribe to Locked On Senators wherever you download your podcast, including on YouTube, where our five-hour first-round mock draft featuring special guests is live. It's a great resource to have before the big day tomorrow. Another note: the big day tomorrow. We will have a live stream, 5 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Eastern tomorrow, live stream, special guest to that as well. But today is Tuesday, June 27th, and Pilsy, we have finally made it. For the first time since June 1st, we will have no draft profiles on today's show. Yeah, it felt weird not uh, looking uh, which three prospects we're going to cover, getting into my research and getting into my routine, but Ross... It's bittersweet because as much fun as it was to cover the prospects, I'm glad we're done covering them. And now it's going to be talking about where they're going to be going and how the draft shakes out, which is uh, it's the ultimate reality TV, the NHL draft. Like if you're into it and you're you know about the prospects and where you think they should go and what players are kind of matched up with what players and how things are going to shake out, it's thrilling to see how it actually happens. So we'll discuss the NHL draft a little later, but the big news today in Sensland, DJ Smith will be back as head coach of the Ottawa Senators. This comes after Pierre Dorian met with incoming owner, Michael Anlauer uh, last week in Ottawa. They've exchanged follow-up phone calls. So Michael Anlauer, as we expected, Pilsy, already has his his hand in in the mix. You know what I mean? Like, there's no yeah. way he's buying this, this team and then not having any say of what's going on. But what Pierre Dorian noted is Ann Lauer made clear that hockey decisions run through the general manager, which you would hope to be the case because it hasn't always been that way in Ottawa. I, that made me so happy to hear, Ross, because the thing is, if you want to be an owner that uh, plays fantasy general manager and you've got your hand in so many things and you want things to go your way, don't get me wrong. If I was an owner, that's probably how I would act after spending $950 million. I would probably want to get my, uh, you know, my personal touch on certain aspects of the team. But at the same time, you're paying good money to have experts in general managers, scouts, coaches, etc. If you don't trust them to do their jobs, 
then you need to find new people to do that job. So that, that was kind of the approval being like, all right, I trust you. You do your job and let's see how this goes. So new people are coming in ownership, but not behind the bench. Not only will DJ Smith be back, but Jack Capuano will be back. Davis yep. Payne will be back as well. And this for DJ Smith, I think is, is going to be a very short leash. We were both of the mind at the end of the season. We, we took a deep breath. We said, you know what? There's a lot to dislike, but also a lot to see improvement at the same time. So DJ Smith will be going into his fifth season coaching the Ottawa Senators. That, to me, is a bit mind-blowing when I say it like that. But it was also, last year, the first year where his points percentage was above 500. Okay, not by much. They were 39, 35, and 8. So it's the old Gary Bettman 500 because it's points percentage, not win percentage. But... Where are you at with DJ Smith right now with the news that he will be back? I like this move, Ross, just because I feel like he has earned the opportunity to take a proper roster to a playoff push. Now, last year, you could argue he had that roster, but not really because there were so many injuries at the end of the season. It was just an absolute gong show. I don't really care to look at DJ Smith's stats before last year it's a rebuilding team I don't feel like it properly reflects the coaching job he did he didn't have a roster that was ready to compete that was very clear so I feel like his voice is not lost on these guys I still feel like Brady Kachuk, Claude Giroux, Timmy Stutzla all these guys are still willing to back him and run through a wall for him so keep it going but the issue with DJ Smith is that pesky November month and the bad starts they're out of it before they know it. And then it, you have to go on an impossible run in February and March just to catch up. So I'm with you on that. The leash is short. If he's not flirting with 500 before the Sweden trip. Above 500. I, I mean, at that point, Ross, above and at 500, we're talking about two or three games. So I, I'm not going to be that tight there. But they, he were has two, to- they were three games away from making the playoffs, six points out this year. Well, yeah, that's over an 82 game stretch. Right, but the margin of error is that small. I just don't want to see I don't want to see us watching the Senators battle in like November to be three teams away from that final spot. They need to be in the mix from day one. Yeah, yeah, I mean the schedule comes out today, so we'll be able to take a look at how many games are before that Sweden trip, but uh for me, I guess I'm a little more lenient on that just because the the margins of like two or three losses is so intense. It just has to be clear that it's not getting away from him before they go to Sweden, in my opinion. So it's going to be interesting to see how that goes, Ross, because you can have everyone saying uh, fire DJ, get DJ out, blah, blah. That's cool. But if you're not going to replace him with someone you feel is going to do a better job, I don't necessarily think that's a good thing either. So it's it's a tough call to make. I also want to note that Bob Jones will be back. Of course, uh, the assistant coach, the eye in the sky, who spent the end of last season on the bench. Of course, he's going through a tough personal time, just diagnosed with ALS. And mm-hmm. uh, really great to see the community come around him. It seems like in Windsor in August, Bruce Garriock was reporting that uh, there's going to be a, a charity tournament for him. And, uh, you know, lots of big names are going to be there, including Alex Debrinkit. We'll get to Debrinkit in the next segment. We'll get to the RFAs in the next segment. But if I had to ask you, what's one improvement that you need to see from DJ Smith. We talk about November, but more so inside the game. Is there something you want to see him improve on year over year? Absolutely, yeah. I would say, and most fans probably agree with this, is stop messing around with the bottom six. Uh, You can't just 
have your guys go in there and for lack of a better word, be useless. Like you can't have your Dylan Gambrells, your Austin Watsons playing huge minutes. Now, neither of those guys are coming back as the uh, Pierre Dorian mentioned to us. Um, so I think this has got to be a point where DJ can't be playing favorites and you can't have that hockey mentality like, oh, I want some toughness in here. It's got to be all about which players give your team the best chance to win that night. There can't be the hierarchy of, oh, I want uh, rookies to earn it. I want them to beat veterans. No, all that stuff is out the window. I don't care about development. I don't care about, <coughs> excuse me, locker room hierarchy. You're just doing your best DJ Smith impression there. Exactly. Yeah. It's it, yeah. Yeah. With the cough. Um, it's all about winning games. You have to win each game. At, you have to give yourself the best opportunity to win each game night in and night out. And that's got to be the focus here. It really feels like a lot of his toys for lack of a better word have been taken away. He yep. relied a lot on the Austin Watson, as you mentioned, to be in the lineup game in game out. Nikita Zaitsev is no longer in the mix. He cannot yep. play on the top pair. But that's what worries me. It's the usage of the defense in particular. I know he was a defenseman by by trade, so it's almost like he wants to micromanage the decor a little bit more. The Nick Holden being the secretary, and if you started out, you had to play with Nick Holden on the way into the lineup. They have a defined top four right now. I don't want to see anything messed with. And I think a lot of yep. fans will point up front, too, the most talked-about line in Sen's history that never happened. Tim Stutzla between Claude Giroux and Alex Dabrinkit. They played 10 minutes together. They barely, they played one preseason game. He's like, no, nah, no, nah, nobody's shooting the puck. Everybody's trying to do too much. Like that was so stubborn. I would like to see, and all coaches are stubborn. They're all set in their ways. I, I do appreciate that DJ has shown an ability to learn in the past in certain areas. But to me, it's like, okay, you have defined roles on this team. Use them. And if, if you can't find, and I know injuries impacted the way that the center depth was last year, but I just, the, the fact that, you know, this is a minor thing, but Gambrell playing over Castellick for a bunch of the years, like Castellick can at least bring an element that they didn't really have in their bottom six. Like, and I just want to see, I want to see better utilization of their players. Now, some things that I liked about him, he took the reins off Tim last year. He played 24 minutes a game. He was a number one center, and I appreciate – I do give DJ a lot of credit in how Timmy has developed into the superstar that he is at this level. I will give him credit for that, but we need to figure it out. And I will also give him credit, and the coaching staff as a whole. This power play was top 10 in the league. The penalty kill was top 10 in the league for a lot of time, and the schemes that they developed on those, we don't see the drop pass that much on the power play that people hate. We don't see it that much yeah. compared to other teams. And they're able to kind of be that that zone entry on the power play is solid. So there is a little bit of good there, but man, no excuses this year. No injury excuses. Don't care. Don't want to hear it. And I think a lot of fans feel the same way. I'm setting the bar to wrap this conversation at, uh, you know, Sweden is a good barometer and, and we'll have that tomorrow on our live stream. We'll be able to discuss the schedule a little bit. We'll tell you about the live stream later on in today's show, but I'm giving it less than 15 games. That's that's where I draw the line. If it's if you're if you're six and eight on the season, you're out. Yeah, I mean that would be fourteen games. Um, but <laughs> right. So I said fifteen, right? Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Right. So at that at fifteen games, you have already made your decision. If you do not have the ability to be at or above five hundred, and I'm not talking Batman five hundred where you're you're four math guy four eight and five. Sure. That's too many. 
No? Yeah, that's too many. That's too many. That's too many. Hey, you know what I mean. Overtime that's losses be damned. I want wins, baby. Wins. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I feel you there. I, I think uh, yeah, it's it's so tough because I, I'm with you. Like if that if they're six and eight, then you're like, oh, this is getting off the rails again. But like I said, I'm not firing DJ Smith just to have Jack Capuano be interim no, coach. No, 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 no. If if DJ gets fired, they all get fired. Everybody. Yeah. But, but do you have three or four coaches ready waiting to go to Sweden with you? Like, I don't know. It's, we'll coach. It, yeah, we'll, we'll coach. Yes. I'll, I'll be the goalie coach, actually. I'll take that on. For per diem and a place to stay in Sweden. And I guess we get free access to the games. We're behind the bench, damn it. <laughs> yeah, I would hope so. Uh, but yes, DJ Smith will be back. What else did Pierre Dorian discuss in today's uh, press conference? We'll get to leave us a note in the comments. Okay, I don't want to just see fire DJ, fire DJ. Okay, he's coming back. Yes. Let's let's discuss what can he do better. What can DJ Smith improve on for him to earn your trust early on next season? Remember, the Sens were four and two when Josh Norris got hurt last year, mm-hmm. and both losses were by one goal on the road in Buffalo, on the road in Toronto. Yep. But then November happened. November, easily DJ Smith's least favorite month of the calendar year. All right, more Locked on Senders, RFAs, and then Draft Talk next. You're listening to Locked on Sends. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Game Time. If you guys want to go to those games in Sweden, check out the Game Time app. Now, Game Time is best for uh, quick Ticket purchases day of. I wouldn't suggest getting day of tickets in Sweden unless you're uh, one of our European Sens fans over there and you can make a quick jump. Shout out Alex Linskog. Exactly. Yes, of course. Um, But if you're looking at games in North America, that's a great option. And it's not just sports, Ross. You can get killer last-minute deals on music, comedy, theater, and of course, sports, any sports game you want. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. The game time guarantee means you will always get the best price. In fact, if you find tickets in the same row and section for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. And you get images of your seat before you buy. So you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. You can buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Just two taps. Boom. One, two. And the tickets are on your phone. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. You can get tickets at game time. Download the game time app. Create an account. and Use code LOCKEDONNHL for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Term supply. Again, create an account. Redeem code LOCKEDONNHL for 20 bucks off. Download the game time app today. Last minute tickets. Lowest prices. Guaranteed. Today's episode is also brought to you by Shawarma Palace. I am going to be stuffing my face with Shawarma Palace in about... 72 hours, Friday evening. You can catch me at the Shawarma Palace at Rideau Street, right by Augusta, right by Chapel. But if you're in a different part of the city, don't worry. You're never too far away from a Shawarma Palace. Shawarma Palace has seven great locations all across Ottawa. You can follow them on Instagram as well. Shawarma Palace Ottawa on Twitter, the same handle. But on Instagram, you can find out, oh man, every time I see their posts come across the screen, I get so hungry. They've also got the trailer, which was at Escapade Music Festival the other day. Like, imagine just being starving, being at a concert, and then you just turn around. Shawarma Palace is right there. My goodness, unreal. So go try the uh, garlic potatoes. Try the platter. Get the chicken shawarma platter. Get the extra garlic sauce. If you want a wrap to go, great value there as well. 
Fuel fill yourself at Shawarma Palace. You can eat like a royal there. You can also get it exclusively on Uber Eats. So if you don't want to leave home, leave work, get it delivered, you can do that on Uber Eats. Shawarma Palace is the only place for shawarma in Ottawa since 1997. Go earn your next calories by going to Shawarma Palace, the only place for shawarma in Ottawa, shawarmapalace.com. All right, Pilsy. We are T-minus 27 hours from the NHL draft at the time of recording. You want to let the people know what the plan is for the live stream, and then we'll get into some more Pierre Dorian discourse from his press conference and finish up today's show with the draft. Yeah, absolutely. So for the live stream, we're going to start at 5 p.m. Eastern, so two hours before the start of the draft. We're going to have special guests. Can I release the guest list or no? Yeah, I think you can. Okay. Caveat that uh, local celebrity is, of course, busy, boots on the ground, but we're, we're 95%. For boots on for uh, for Ian Mendez. Okay, okay. Ian Mendez is our local celebrity with boots on the ground. Anytime we have a chance to talk to Ian, you know we want to do that. Also, hey, speaking of local celebrities, Ross Igor Sokolov is going to join us. We'll ask him about his draft day, the feelings of being drafted, and as as a Russian, maybe he can give us some intel on some of the Russian prospects. There are a lot of great uh, Russian prospects in this draft. Then we're going to have. Hopefully, some Red Wings talk. Are the Locked On Wings guys going to join us or we're not confirmed? They're not confirmed. They're at a draft party. I said, hey, if the trade goes down, we'll need to talk to you. But for now, we, we will have a Red Wings angle because it does seem like all signs are pointing that the Brinkett could become a Detroit Red Wing. And then we've got a pair of postcast friends, Brandon yes. and Jack from the Everyday Sense podcast and obviously EverydaySense.com. They're going to join us uh, as well. We're going to do it radio show style. So it'll be one guest at a time. They come, they go. We have some fun. Um, we're still waiting here for math too. We'll see if we can make it make that work as well. And then uh, if the streets speak up, you might hear from the streets as well. So lots of great stuff planned for the NHL draft Wednesday, tomorrow at 5 p.m. Eastern. Our Wednesday show will be after the draft. So it'll be a late night show Wednesday. And then on Thursday afternoon, once the draft concludes, we'll have a full draft recap for you there. Yeah. Well. So Wednesday and Thursday shows are going to be draft reactions. Exactly. And potentially trade reactions, Pilsy, because Pierre Dorian also stated today the whole Debrinket situation. They wanted to sign him from day one. They reached out to them in September. They said, ah, let's see how it goes. Okay. Then after the season, they said, you know what? Alex Debrinket is only going to get probably one chance to cash in as an unrestricted free agent. Fair enough. He wants to have that opportunity. Yep. Yes, unless someone makes it worth his while, right? Because if he is going to get traded with an extension, he is going to forego free agency. But yes. if he gets his price, he gets his price. So I think that that's more the Sens being like, hey, we can't pay you $9 million. And we, we think you might be able to get that somewhere else. And if that's the case, good for him. I don't want him at $9 million either, the way the salary structured in Ottawa. Okay, so a trade could be likely, but Pilsy, you found something interesting. Doesn't seem like they want a first-round pick in this draft. Yeah, that was the one quote from Pierre Dorian that really made me do the dog tilt, huh? Huh? 
<laughs> as you guys know, Ross and I have covered this draft class extensively as we do the last couple of years. And this draft class seems awesome. It seems great. There's so much talent, at least uh, in my opinion. So for Pierre Dorian to say him and his scouts took a look at this draft class and said, this is the class we're most comfortable not having a first rounder. That was very interesting to me. So that also makes me think either Ross, it's an ultimate smokescreen, like he's trying to downplay how much they want in this draft, or they're just like, look, maybe it doesn't have to do with the draft class at all. Maybe it's just the year. 2023, we don't, as uh, as we uh, quoted Pierre Dorian, potentially saying F them picks. He doesn't want picks already. He doesn't want picks anymore. He wants players. He wants roster spots so that this team can make it to the playoffs. So maybe it wasn't about the, the draft class so much as the timeline he's speaking of. Do you think he just wants to rest over draft weekend? Because rest is a weapon, right? Rest is a weapon. I've, if I hear that one more time. I'll go crazy. Pierre Dorian did say that potentially a second or third round pick could be yeah. in the mix. Maybe a Lassie Thompson trade reading between the lines or somebody else off the roster. But Pilsy, that did surprise me as well. Yeah, it was uh, it was an interesting uh, note for sure. You know what else is interesting? The Detroit Red Wings have two first round picks next year as well. They got Boston's in the Tyler Bertuzzi trade. And Boston just moved Taylor Hall, and we've been praying on their downfall for years. I've been waiting and waiting. I'm going to be at the bottom of the ocean, sitting in a chair in a, as a skeleton, still waiting, still waiting for the Boston Bruins to go into a rebuild. But that would be a fun team to cheer against, at least for October next year, until they're in first place. Oh, I would love to have even more reason to cheer against the Bruins. Who, which first-round pick for next year would you rather, Boston or Detroit? Detroit still. Yeah, yeah still Detroit. <laughs> hey, how about both? Yo, <laughs> now we're talking. Okay, RFAs. We've got a graphic here if you're watching on YouTube. Who stays and who goes bye-bye? Qualified are Shane Pinto, Igor Sokolov, Ooh. Eric Ranstrom, Jacob Bernard Docker, and Kevin Mandolazy. Of course, I put Alex DeBrinket with two asterisks because the one asterisk is for the fact that it's club-elected arbitration, and the second asterisk is because Magic Johnson meme, he ain't going to be here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So really nothing should surprise us here. I think the biggest surprise for qualified would be Kevin Mandeleze. Uh, We had the discussion, should they look at qualifying Kevin Mandeleze and or Dylan Ferguson? It seems they've made their choice. Mandeleze will be staying. Dylan Ferguson will be given an opportunity to try to find uh, uh, another spot. And that leads perfectly into the players who are going bye-bye, who are leaving the, Au Ottawa, the Ottawa Senators. Dylan Ferguson was the interesting one because when we did our episode last week about that, I said, I wish we could keep both. But then you look at it and it is kind of tough because then you're going to have two guys in the ECHL if everybody's healthy because the tandem next year in Belleville should probably be Mad Sogard with Levy Marilainen and or Kevin Mandelazy there. Yep. And then you're like, okay, well, one of those guys is probably in the ECHL, then, the, then Dylan Ferguson as well. And he played well enough. I bet you he gets an AHL two-way contract. Hopefully. I think so. I, I think, think so. He, he showed very well in his stint with the organization. So we wish Dylan Ferguson, wish all these guys the best. Jonathan Aspro had a really tough year uh, with injuries and off-season surgery, and it took him a long time to get back. He will not be qualified. A little surprising, kind of a, 
an undrafted free agent who the Senators signed as a 19-year-old, and he'd played three, four seasons with Belleville. So that'll be a, a hole they'll need to fill in the blue line in Belleville, as will Jacob Larson, who did an okay job, played some NHL games. He was a player. By all accounts, uh, he uh, in the organization up front, Victor Lodine. I think uh, we can chalk this up a little more off ice than on ice. Meanwhile, with Julian Gauthier and Dylan Gambrell, those are two players who finished the year in Ottawa. Uh, trivia time, Pilsy. Where does Dylan Gambrell rank among all time Ottawa Senators in games played? Oh, I mean, the answer is probably too high. In the 40s? No, no. Wait, come on. In the 40s. 40s. This team's been around for 30 years now. In the 60s. No, no, way further down. So maybe it's not as surprising. He played 123 games for Ottawa, 117th in franchise history. Um, he played, okay, maybe this maybe this will speak to you a little more. Uh, he played six more games for Ottawa, five more games for Ottawa than Matt Duchesne. So wow, yeah, true. Well, yeah, 40s. I was way off there. Yeah, Dylan Gant. Who who do you think is 40th in Ottawa Senators games played as we do 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 Radic Bonk? Radic Bonk. No, you you're such a dummy. We just talked about Radic Bonk last week. He's fifth. <laughs> 40th in games played, Mika Zabanajat. Oh, the yo, sick. 281. Um, but yes, yeah, so Dylan Gambrell probably was here a little longer than some thought he could be, but Hey, good value for a seventh round pick. Hey, eh? if you want to put it that way, uh, that's yep. what Ottawa traded to San Jose to get him. Julian Gauthier. Are you surprised or not that Julian Gauthier is not being qualified? I'm surprised Ross. I, but I mean, I guess with the news that DJ Smith is coming back, not really. It seemed very clear that DJ Smith was not a Julian Gauthier guy, but I just felt like there was some potential there. Like Ross, especially the Tampa game that we were at, like he really played well. I thought Gautier and that was near the end of the season. That whole line played great. He, he ripped one top cheese on Elliot right in front of us. And I was like, whoo, he's one of those guys where he can shoot it and he can skate. And you're like, what are you doing the rest of the time? Yeah. So I, I would have been happy if he came back on a league minimum. I would have been happy uh, to see him go because to me, this opens up a legit opportunity for Igor Sokolov to make Definitely. the team and show what he can do. Obviously, that's what we're hoping is the case here. Anything else stand out for you before we move on from Pierre Dorian's press conference today? By the way, he's going to speak again tomorrow to reporters in Nashville. That's what Ian Mendez was telling me. So this was over Zoom with Ottawa reporters, and then he'll be speaking to Nashville reporters tomorrow morning. Yeah, that's that's probably it. Other than how terrible my trivia guess was, that's it for me. Yeah, all good. Well, let's get into what you are good at, and that is the draft and looking at all these prospects. We're going to get to our personal favorites and then go through our top 10 forwards, top 10 defensemen, and top five goalies. That's next. You're listening to Locked on Senators. Coming in hot a little bit there. Sorry about that with the noise. Appreciate you listening and making Locked On Senators your first listen each and every day. We're a part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team 
everyday. Shout out to the everydayers out there that are watching, listening Monday through Friday, free and available on your favorite audio podcast platform. Please subscribe on YouTube. It goes a long way to help the show. Uh, Draft, Mock Draft, doing very well. Really appreciate that. It's kind of a labor of love. We do it on top of what we need uh, for the network, but we appreciate everybody for making that uh, something that you want to check out as well. So big fan of that. Let's get it to 10,000, okay? It's 8,400 right now. Let's get that to 10K. All right, Pilsy. NHL draft talk. And again, shout out to the mock draft. Very comprehensive. We also have draft profiles for every single player in our top 50 and five honorable mentions. Tomorrow is going to be our final honorable mention that we're going to put out, Pilsy. We we had to do this one. We had to. Yeah. I mean, Mateo, man. Who's he? That He's a whole lot of man. Like that is a big, big kid. And, uh, He's an interesting prospect for sure. And the range on him from scouts uh, that we use Ross was, was um, very intriguing. Well, of course, you know that his dad is the assistant general manager for the Ottawa senators. All right, Pilsy, what do you want to start with? Should we start with the best forwards in the draft? Because I mean, the draft will start with one, two, three, four, maybe even five straight forwards. Yeah. Let's go forwards, defensemen, goalies, then our favorites. I feel like it's a goalie-friendly show. We should probably do the attendees first, no? I mean, let's get I him out. Of the way. Let's get him out of the way. Let's do the <laughs> that. That means it's like a chore. Let's get it out of the way. Oh, we love our attendees. We want to yes. start there. And and one of my hottest takes in the draft is about one of the goalies here, who I am pretty high on. And we just did five goalies. We're going to do ten of each of the others. Now, I don't think it's going to be very entertaining if we just read them off. So I'm going to ask you this, Pelzi: Why is Trey Augustine your number one goalie? I chose Trey Augustine as my number one goalie, Ross, just because, uh, and for lack of a better term, I know there's a better way to say this, but uh, innocent until proven guilty type thing. Like, he played on the U.S. NTDP program. His numbers and stats are absolutely insane. Barely lost any games in regulation. He makes the Hamburglar look like just a walk in the park. Honestly, yeah, yeah, which is saying something. So, uh, like, when we first profiled him, I was like, ah, I'm kind of, that's, that's a bit of a, a nervous thing for me. What happens when he's not playing on the greatest team in the country? Like, is he going to be that good? But And he's six feet tall. But that's all we have to go with is how good he's been. So I decided, you know what? Goalies are voodoo. I'm going to go with the goalie that I can't fault him for being on the best team. So I'm going to go with Trey Augustine as my top guy. Okay. I'm going to highlight Jacob Fowler, who I have as number two on my list. Champion. Yep. Ridiculous numbers everywhere. And I'm just stoked to see him go to Boston College and play with all that young talent that's there. I think he could be the biggest riser when we do this next year. And we're like, hey, man, look at these goalies we ranked last year. Jacob Fowler went 100th overall. What the heck? So I've got <laughs> Jacob Fowler super high on my list at number two. I My number one goalie is Michael Hrabble, who you have number two. And Hrabble's just kind of like that prototypically 6'4", big body, can move well, good rebound control. And Adam Guyan, who the photo on your side is, by the way, as well, he's just a big game goalie and also 6'5". And I think it helps that he's a, a overager, a plus one overager, because yep. you're a year closer to seeing him fulfill his potential. So those are the goalies there. If you're looking on YouTube, you can then just see the name and search in the search bar. We've got profiles on every single one of the players that we're going to discuss today. So those are the goalies in this draft, which I think is like a pretty strong draft for goalies, right? Last year, there wasn't much. The year before, we had the two goalies go in the first round in Sebastian Casa and Jesper Wallstead. 
But then there was no real goalies after that, too. So I think this year, the entire group of goalies is pretty solid. I think the second round is where the goalies are going to flourish in this draft. Yeah. Like, kinda, I'd be shocked if we get a goalie in the first, Ross. Kind of like 2019, right? The 2019 draft. Um, yeah. We saw a goal. I mean, we had one goalie in the uh, in the first round as well in Spencer Knight. But then there was that run of goalies in the second round where it was four of them. Kachetkov went to Carolina. Yeah. And then with the next pick, Mad Sogard went to Ottawa. Later on in that draft, Hunter Jones went uh, to Minnesota as well. And then early in the fourth round, Buffalo took a goalie to Eric Portillo. So hopefully, yeah, this round, second round, round of the goalies is what I'm hopeful for in this one. All right. Let's do forwards now, because let's be serious. This draft is the Connor Bedard draft. Oh, this is our favorites. Oh, well, hey, sheesh, no spoilers. Hey, <laughs> Connor, Connor Bedard is is the number one, but man, how cool is it that, and we did not show each other our work until they were decided. I went with Matt V. Michkov at number two. I just think that the talent is worth waiting for. And let's put it this way. If his name was, insert crazy WHL name here, this guy is second overall in this draft. Like the the pure skill this guy has is absolutely ridiculous. I've been watching him closely ever since Scott Wheeler said he's the best Russian prospect since Ovechkin and Malkin. Yeah, I think that kind of tells the tale. This guy's pulling off Michigan's in the KHL. He dominated the last uh, international event that the Russians were able to attend. He's number two on my list, but I can't fault you for having Adam Fantilli there. Yeah, I, I I appreciate what you you did and uh, going for a little bit of a spicier take, but I just think the consensus is so strong that it's Bedard, Fantilli, Carlson. Like, I don't have the the balls to go against uh, that, so I just went with uh, the classic one through four. Yeah, I think that that's pretty fair too. So what we'll do is uh, is kind of just run through who is on your list that you think might be a surprise to some? I mean, we have the same players, just in different order, other than uh, you have Dalbor Dvorsky as your eighth guy, and I've got Gabe Perot as my tenth guy. So I'll highlight Gabe Perot here. Just, man, the amount of points he put up. Like, everybody's talking about Will Smith. Everybody's talking about Brian Leonard. Yeah, you know who had more points than both those guys? Gabe Perot. So I just feel like, Maybe some people will say, well, he was just uh, a beneficiary of uh, of good line mates. But this is a guy, his dad, Yannick Pro, played in the NHL. He has so many good, well-rounded attributes that I think that, you know, even on his own without those guys, he's going to be able to succeed. So I wanted to get him in my top 10. He is. Where do I have Yannick, or, uh, Yannick his dad? I have uh, Perot at probably close. 15. Oh, okay. So a little lower. I'm on 15. The forwards I have between there are Daniil Boot and Oliver Moore in between as well. Or Oliver Moore is number 10 because I got a couple defensemen. No spoilers there. But I'll highlight Dalibert Dvorsky as well, who you don't have in your top 10. Where's Dvorsky for you overall? Overall or with forwards? No, overall. Overall, I've got Dalibor Dvorsky 18th. Okay, a little lower. So for me, it's yeah. just scouts are, are tired of seeing him. He's been a number one prospect since he was 13, 14 years old, and everybody watches, and then they're like, ah, oh, maybe he doesn't have the offense to pop. I, I still think it's there, and um, I think it's a huge move for him. He's just uh, gone up from the Allsvensk. He's going to sign in the SHL for next season, so he'll be playing against the top competition in Sweden, and 
man, I, I think he's going to be a very safe but solid pick in the top 10. So I've got Dvorsky there at number eight. All right. Again, any of these, you can go find their profiles, 10-minute analysis on them over on YouTube. All right, Pilsy, to the defense where we've got probably the most contentious thing here is my top defenseman is third for you. And your top defenseman is third for me. And we've got the same at number two. So I'll give my case for Axel Sandin Palika, just prototypical stud offensive defenseman that you're like, okay, this guy's going to quarterback a power play at the top level. And he's going to make like dynamic plays game in and game out. To me, the difference between him and who I have at two and three is the game breaking. Like if you're down a goal, you're putting him out every other shift because you know that there's a very good chance that he's going to get your team a goal, whether he's passing it or putting it in the back of the net himself. So I know that you probably feel the same way about your top guy, and he probably brings more overall elements to me, but I just see Axel Sandin Palika as a pure game breaker, and that's why I have – it's a slight edge, Like, and we're just doing defensive rankings, but if I'm looking at my overall rankings, I have it Sandin Palika at 10, Reinbacker 11 and Simashev 13. Like they're all yeah. right there beside each other. Yeah, I, I am so high on Dmitry Simashev Ross. I mean, when you're looking at defensemen, for me, there's two big things I look at right away. First thing is the skating. He's arguably the best skater uh, among defensemen in this class. EP awarded him number one neutral zone defender, number one shutdown defender, and EP called his skating stride perfect. They don't do that very often. So that's huge. Then I'm looking at the size six foot four, 201 pounds. He already has pro experience. He played 18 games in the KHL. I just think the ability for him to shut down teams and then be able to break the puck up the ice, being such a good skater, is unmatched in this draft class. Like Axel Sandin Palika is a, go- a good skater, even above average skater, I would say. But Dmitry Simashev is the best skating defenseman in this draft. Easily. Pause. Look at the photo of him. Does he not look 35 years old? Yeah, well, that that's the thing. And I mentioned the size, Ross. Six foot four, 201 pounds. Like, he, he's huge. And for him to have that defensive game, I just think... I just think the potential is so, so huge for him. Now, teams are going to have to wait. With uh, He's probably going to be in Russia a little longer. So, that's one thing. But if we're going on rankings and talent... I think it's a clear winner for me. All right. And if you can check us out on YouTube, you can see the rest of these lists and then check out all the draft profiles also available for you. All right. We're getting to our favorite part of the show. (laughs) Our favorites from this NHL draft. And we both just put Connor Bernard at number one because like, come on, this is his draft. He already, he won an award last (laughs) NHL awards. He's never even played a game in the NHL. He's not even drafted. (laughs) Oh, not even. Well, that'll change tomorrow. And, seems like we could have we could already see his top line they just got Nick Felino and Taylor Hall like that's a nice veteran to stabilize him with with Foligno, great locker room guy and then uh, obviously Taylor Hall has got some skill and experience playing with first overall pick <laughs> as he was one himself but I want to highlight who I have second on this list Zach Benson who people are talking oh he's small this he's small that This guy is feisty. He's competitive. He's an amazing skater. He's dynamically skilled. He can shoot. He can pass. If this guy falls out of the top 10, teams should be running to the podium to get him. He is a top five pick. He's number five for me, and he's number five for you for a reason. We have him ahead of Will Smith. 
He is a hell of a player, and it would be a shame if just because he's under 5'10", that he falls. And yeah. I remind everyone that the Conn Smythe Trophy winner was 5'9". True, true. Yeah, Ross, I, I in my mind, I picture the 10th overall pick happening. It's not Zach Benson. And then, you know, in the movies like Wall Street, when like crazy stuff is happening and papers are just flying everywhere, phones are ringing, people have three phones in their hands. Like, that's what I picture happening if Zach Benson makes it out of the top 10. So, great pick. Zach Benson, arguably my favorite player uh, in this draft. So, I'm not going to argue with you here. Where I will argue with you, though, is I think... He's not arguably your favorite player in the draft. You actually have two guys ahead of him. So maybe, well, maybe, I, you, hate, maybe you hate Zach Benson. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, but, uh, well, yeah, yeah, that's fair. This is our favorites uh, list yeah, here. He's my favorite in the draft. Well, what are the two names ahead of him doing then? In my defense, I said arguably, and we're having an argument about it. So that's I feel like that's a fair statement. <laughs> um, but I'm going to switch over to Oliver Moore here as my guy to highlight. I think team, if he if that's another guy, if he doesn't go in the top 10, I think that's wild. And you can probably guess where I'm going to go with this based on my previous uh, Shimshev argument. But it's the skating. And again, I'll reference EP. EP says they have never... Never scouted a faster, more agile skater than Oliver Moore. I forget what the exact quote is, but they quoted saying, of thousands of prospects and players they've tracked, only Connor McDavid had better skating uh, numbers, whatever uh, uh, analytics they were using. Only Connor McDavid was ahead of him in a lot of skating categories. So I just think he, he's his skill, the skating skill is so above everyone else, even above Simshev, in my opinion, that... If you have that, everything else will fall into place. So I'm a big Oliver Moore guy. And someone who I have on my list, I'm curious, and I want your take of why you don't have him on yours, Ryan Leonard. Yeah, you know what? That's fair because I do like Ryan Leonard uh, a lot here. So are, I would. Are you, are you getting ahead of the fact that he might be a Montreal Canadian? <laughs> yeah, honestly, that's a, that's probably a big part of it in my mind. But I could definitely switch a couple guys on my list for Ryan Leonard because I do really like him. I was just trying to go with my favorites that are a little unconventional, like guys that aren't uh, so obviously picked. Uh, well, I guess that's a bad argument for me having Bedard number one. Um, but I was just trying to put my own spice on that, and I feel like Ryan Leonard already is getting enough praise. So I guess that's why he wasn't on my list, but no, I, I like him. All good. That's why I went with two goalies. If you want to see our yeah. full list, you can check them out on YouTube as well. You can check out all of our draft ro- profiles free and available to you for when the draft happens. Player gets picked. Boom. There's time between picks. You can just go click and watch at your leisure. Pilsy, final thoughts on today's show. A reminder, this is our final show before the draft, at least for our audio listeners. The live stream will be on YouTube. So perfect time to subscribe. Hit the notification bell. We will be going live at 5 Eastern, and Igor Sokolov will be our first guest. He's going to come on at 5.15. Ian Mendez is a floater. We're not sure where he's going to come on, but he will be on. And then starting at the 6 o'clock hour, one hour left to the draft, we'll get Everyday Sends, get Jack Richardson. I'm sure we'll do some mock trades as well as discuss the cap situation. Brennan has been all over kind of how the cap can be constructed. So I want to pick his brain about that. And then we'll get geared up for the draft, man. We'll talk some Red Wings uh, if that is in ca- indeed what happens with Alex to bring. It's going to be a lot of fun. The chat's going to be wild. So come join us for the two hours leading up to the NHL draft. Pilsy, what's going to be your beverage? 
Uh, you know, I'll probably go with the health drinks. Uh, take take a note from uh, my good friend Liam's Martian. So maybe some vodka sodas. Uh, try to keep the, the the calories down. Yeah, I will join you. Let's let's do that. The official uh, NHL draft bevy tomorrow night. Health drinks only here as we're leading into wedding season for me as well. So <laughs> we're gonna have some fun with that. So um, final thoughts. It, was that the live stream? I I think I threw it to you, but then I just went off on the stream. We got to promote this shit, baby. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I love it. Uh, final thoughts are for me is I'll, I'll repeat it. We've said this, Ross. Do not have a hot, bold, negative take about a draft pick on draft night. That, Why not? <laughs> it, there's no good can come of this. Like the best case scenario is you have a hot, negative take about a kid. And then three years later, you can be like, see, I told you he sucked. Sweet. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. Because uh, you, know, you might be feeling hot about it. You might have a lot of passionate opinions, but just don't make it a personal attack on a teenager that's just entering uh, the, the best day of his life. That, that's you know all I'll say. The perfect way to put it is you say, I'm not sure that's a fit for this team. Yeah. Or I, I would have gone with so-and-so or something like that. Like, just word it so it's not as aggressive. That's right, all I'm saying. We're not saying you have to love every pick, no, but yeah, no, no. to be like, huh, that's a horrible pick. That's an awful pick. We knew somebody would do it, but that's an awful pick. You don't want to be that guy. Yeah, you don't. And you don't need to be that guy. No, you really don't. And so, I feel like we're preaching to the choir, though, because Sens fans have lived through this. Yes. Time and time again. Even with a second round pick, people are so mad about Shane Pinto. I thought you were going to say a different second round pick that we ourselves were not happy about, but yes. No, he's not with the organization anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Washed our hands with that one. Good. Uh, final thoughts for me. We've got another trade today. Uh, Kevin Hayes has been traded for a sixth-round pick to uh, St. Louis. Now, that's not a big trade, but Pilsy, what I'm getting at, a little shameless self-promotion, if the Senators do make a trade between now and our live stream, we will have a quick reaction video that we will post to audio. So, Yep. If there is a trade, you can expect locked on senators to be all over the reaction. That's what we do here for fans, by fans. It's the locked on senators podcast. Pilsy, I'm not exaggerating by saying it's my second favorite part of the NHL calendar. My first favorite is the first round of the playoffs because yes. it's chaos, it's everything, it's this and that. My second favorite day of the NHL calendar is the NHL draft. My third favorite is Dev Camp, and we will be at Dev Camp this year. Banking live interviews. It's going to be a hell of a time. We're going to have a ton of fun. So stick with us through the summer. But tomorrow is what we've been building the last 27 days for. We have 80 videos in our NHL draft uh, playlist, Bill. The 80 videos. That's wild. Yeah. 80 videos. Like uh, somebody should go, and I know some of them are double where it's like an episode and then that. But I would love somebody to put together all the timestamps, combine them, and tell us how many hours we've covered. <laughs> NHL draft for yeah someone that's better at math than us yeah i was so off with my dj smith numbers my first one was right six and eight made sense because 14 that's 15 games they'd be under 500 yes gotcha. but then when i tried to mix in the overtime losses three columns come on that's a, that's all right ross me thinking dylan gambrell's 120 games would get him into the top 40 all-time game played by the sense is much worse you come here for the vibes, not the mathematics. And for today, we say goodbye. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators Podcast. It's your team every day. <laughs>